Forgiveness is grace shown to others? What? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to Joyous Expansion Podcast. I am your host once again, Brett Dupree, here to drop some spiritual, motivational, inspirational knowledge on you. I have a wonderful interview with the pastor, Alicia Pitts, who is nice enough to talk about her radical forgiveness philosophies and how she became a pastor and also wonderful things but however this is the first part of my podcast where i am vulnerable myself because if i cannot be vulnerable how can i ask my guests to be vulnerable as well what has been going on in my life for the last week well starting on monday i've been pretty good with living to my goals which is really just what three days now because it's wednesday but at the same time that's been more consistent than I've been in a while when it comes to totally being and meditating and working out and weighing myself and all the jazz. And today I fasted for 28 hours. I want to get back into fasting again. I skipped dinner yesterday, which I'm super proud of. And I wasn't hungry. I wasn't starving, but that's something I want to do for myself. Because a lot of it is stationed on the fact that I realize that I kind of have a seasonal affective disorder. Sad, if you will. I'm looking at the patterns of my life and how I basically have been living the same pattern over and over and over again. Almost to the point where the same pattern a week. Monday, Tuesday, I'm fine. Wednesday, I start slipping. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I don't. And then Monday, I recommit. So today I didn't work out or meditate, but it's also Wednesday and my knee hurts and I decided to give myself a little break, but I also then continue to eating the way I should eat. So I'm proud on that aspect. So I'm not saying I'm perfect this week, but I am going to break that pattern. And when I talk about being seasonal affective disorder, I don't think I actually have seasonal affective disorder, but I do see a pattern where my September and October, I tend to get down to the point where I am extremely unmotivated and think about and think about quitting everything i am an area director for toastmasters which means i have five clubs that i am in charge of and for the last month probably starting august i've been thinking about how i regret doing that how i why did i take up toastmaster leadership why am i doing this and i don't feel super enthusiastic about doing the role like i did when i signed up for it And thinking about last year around this time is when I really regret becoming the public relations manager. And I just did not want to do anything. And this felt very uncommitted. And I can see that now I want to do a huge expo on 25th. But part of me feels like I just bit off more than I can chew. And I don't feel like doing it. And I just don't feel like doing things right now. I mean, yeah, it might be seen as a depression is why I keep on making that sad statement. It's not like I haven't been doing anything. A lot of it's also in my mind where my mindset does not correlate with my actions. For instance, I haven't really dropped the ball on anything that truly matters in my life. However, what I am dropping the ball on is how I'm thinking about doing things. I mean, for instance... 
I'm still doing Toastmasters. I'm still meeting my clubs as area director. I'm about to write my the reports I need to write. I'm doing fine at my job. I'm not in a point where I am just watching TV all day. I mean, maybe a Saturday where I'm free and I have nothing to do. I might play Stellaris all day. I did that last Saturday, so I kind of feel bad about that. But at the same time, I also do need some rest. So I don't feel super bad about that. I mean, my podcast is going off on today, which is Wednesday. And I have been consistent in getting my podcast out there. And I haven't really been booking interviews, but that's because I have like six interviews to go and, or maybe seven. And I don't really want to, and I'm going to start sending more interviews out, but I don't want to say, well, your interview is going to be out in two months. I just don't think that's excited. And I think the person wouldn't be super excited to share it after two months they record it. I wanted to try to get that to be a month out or at least six weeks. So thinking about what I'm doing and how I'm thinking, there isn't a lot of, ah, what's the word? Congruency. I'm not being congruent. What I'm thinking in my mind is worse than what I'm doing and how I'm actually feeling. Yes, my knee hurts. My knee's been hurting for like three weeks now. I really need to see a doctor about that. However, that hasn't really stopped me other than doing my walks on a daily basis, but also weather would stop me. Though today I finally chucked out my fitness center and I'm going to start using that and I can do simple exercises that won't hurt my knee. And they have a cardio machine that's just my upper body. So once I buy some shorts, workout shirt, probably have plenty, but I just want to buy some new shorts, I will start working out at my work because why not? So thinking about that and how I'm actually doing makes me wonder why I'm being so hard on myself. Yes, I would love to be perfect and do all the things that I told myself I would do, such as my other podcast, getting that on a weekly cadence I missed last week, and I really want to do it this Sunday. That's important to me. That's something I need to do for me. But at the same time, it doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. So I feel like I'm kind of meandering a little bit. I can understand if it sounds that way, but I'm just noticing my patterns is what the main point is. And I'm working on breaking my patterns. I'm working on breaking, getting excited, then going for it, and then getting lazy. And, or then, not maybe lazy, then getting demotivated, and then motivating, and then getting demotivated. And it's almost in a weekly pattern of Monday, Tuesday, motivated, Wednesday, slacking, Thursday, slacking more, Friday, super slacking, Saturday, mega slacking, Sunday, slacking, but going to recover on Monday, and then Monday being awesome, Tuesday being awesome, then Wednesday, blah, 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 and going through that sign, yeah, that sign wave over and over again. So that's what I'm committed to. I'm going to break the pattern. That's my commitment. I want to be up more of the time. And when I'm down, I want to get up faster. I'm working on that. So what I'm going to talk about with my therapist on Friday to see what she says. See if she continues to talk more than I do. But I'm committed to doing that. I want to be healthier. I want to feel better. I want to really work on this. I'm sick of the pain. I'm sick of just being gigantic. And it's time to focus on breaking the pattern and keep on moving forward with consistency. One thing I'm starting to do is journal. I only journaled on Monday of this week, but I will continue to do that and increase. I'll increase that. It's my experiment because I don't like journaling. However, I spent a long time not liking journaling. So maybe 
that doesn't work out. And sometimes they say insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So maybe my not liking journaling is insanity. Speaking of being inspired by consistent action and forgiving people in your lives, I will bring you my interview with Alicia Pitts. Reverend Alicia Pist, fondly known as Pastor Pist, is the founder of Pauline Ministries. She's a Christian speaker, mentor, author, speaker, and musician. Reverend Pitts currently serves as the Millville Police Department as the first Afro-American police chaplain. She's also the lead chaplain of the Millville Memorial High School and most recently fire chaplain of the Millville Fire Department. In the own words of Pastor Pitts, I live a life of servitude and leading by example is my most effective means of inspiring others. Be prepared to be inspired by Alicia Pitts. Hello, Alicia, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, Brett. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's another beautiful day in Seattle. Oh, must be nice. I'm located here in South Jersey. It's finally nice to be able to meet you, and thank you for the warm welcome. I'm happy to have you. Looking over your bio, you said you felt rejected by everybody. What did you mean by that? I never fit in. I was, you say, an awkward child, but I never really fit in. In the sense of fitting in, what do you mean? I was kind of like pepper and salt, so to speak. <laughs> I guess it's because I grew up in church and especially in school, people would call me church girl. They would call me Pastor Pitts back then. So it was kind of like I was set apart at a young age. How did it make you feel not being able to fit in at the time? I didn't like it. And actually, I think from that process, that time in my life, I had developed low self-esteem because of it. How did the low self-esteem show up in your life? Being picked on, being, and I knew my family loved me and accepted me, but I I was trying to get that outside acceptance. So that's why it was like I never did fit in because talking about someone that was the teach pet, the nerds, it was, I just never fit in. So going through your life after high school, how did that show up in your, well, your daily life of trying to make it in this world? I would say during my teenage years, different things of that nature, and late teenage years or going to early adulthood, I developed suicide tendencies and different things of that nature. And it wasn't until high school that I ended up having to get counseling. I don't remember how it came about, but it was reported that I had suicide tendencies, so I had to end up going to counseling and different things of that nature. And then about my mid-20s, I made a decision that Alicia is okay. Alicia is not a bad person. And it wasn't until I really liked who I was and loved who I was that it didn't matter what anybody else thought about it. And so at that point in time, I pursed in my mind that you're either going to love me or hate me. You're either going to accept me or not accept me. And I was okay with that. So how did the counseling help you come to that conclusion? It wasn't so much counseling, I would say. I would just say that the counseling is but exposed everything for me to start working on things. One of the things, as a child, at the ages of 7, 11, and 14, I was molested by different people. And this was also part of that, that was supposed to be part of this counseling. But really, the counselor never even really addressed any issues. It was just asking me how I was doing in school and, you know, and different things of that nature. And it wasn't until spirituality played a big part. You know, me giving my life over to Christ and becoming a follower, disciple of Jesus Christ, that things I began to work on me, you know, um, God's spirit helped me in that process of giving me peace that surpassed all understanding and really getting to know myself first, really getting to know who I was. So how did getting a stepping into your beliefs in Christ help you to discover who you truly was for 
reading in the Bible of who God said I was. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, more than a conqueror uh, through Christ Jesus. So it was these scriptures that helped build me up. It was a point in time I moved from surviving and now I am thriving. And um, like I said, it's just a matter of really just like coming, in, a lot of it is a level of maturity as well, coming into a place of maturity realizing that sometimes when people attack you, whether they name calling or picking on you, it's something they got the issue, you know. But at the same time, it was like through all of that process, I had to learn how to forgive and just really learn how to let go. You know, I've, I've had so many things happen to me. I tell people all the time that some people, God puts a makeup in them that they can easily forgive, whereas other people, they may not be built that way. Through all of those processes is what helped me be who I am today. I tell people all the time, the person that you admire is because of, of God. I don't take no credit. It is because of me having Christ in my life and when it his way that I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm curious of one thing you said, how would you describe forgiveness? Forgiveness is really letting go. You can't hold on to things. Forgiveness is showing grace to others. And I tell people all the time, and this was one thing when I was younger, and I think I shared this with you. When I was a teens old and I was in high school, like I told you, I was being picked on and different things of that nature. So I had like a bad disposition about myself, basically having this hard exterior. And I remember this, this lady at the time I was on the basketball team and for some reason I was drawn to her. Some time went on and she ended up giving me this card. And in this card, it says, you know, you have to remember people do things. Basically, they're trying to make themselves feel better make you feel bad but to make themselves feel better and she said but you have to remember the times that you've said something or you've done something to someone and she said but god has given up on you and so you can't give up on other folks the simplest definition that i would see forgiveness is, is showing grace to others there's going to be things that we do sometimes it's idiotic things that we do and for the most part we want someone to show grace to us and so we want people to have mercy on us and show grace on us and we have to extend that same level of grace to others so forgiveness equals grace to others. I like the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. Going through that process of forgiveness and going through loving yourself, how did that show up in your daily life, in your way your thoughts worked and all things like that? Just really getting involved, not only with church, but involved in the community, different things that reaching outside of myself. And I think most people in this world, if you are not happy, you have to check are you really living out your, your calling? Are you living out your God-given purpose? Nine times out of 10, that is part of the reason why people are happy because they're not really fulfilling their purpose in life. Right now, I am very blessed. I'm doing things that I never imagined. It never entered in my mind that I would be doing it. Currently, I'm working for volunteering for the Millville Police Department as a female police chaplain. I am the first Afro-American female chaplain and most recently working with the Millville Fire Department as a fire chaplain. Through the Millville Police Department, I've also had the opportunity of being a lead chaplain for a Millville High School. These are the things, you know, get involved in the community, trying to make a difference because many times you will find you have a lot of people that complain about things. The complainers, most of the time, don't ever do anything and so or they complain to the wrong people. And so if you see something wrong or you see something that you don't like, then you have to not waiting on someone else to do it. But if you see a need, just try to fulfill the need as much as in your power to do that. So that's what I'm doing. You're serving whoever I can help. If I touch someone's life, then I know my living is not in vain. And that's my passion and my, and my drive is to help someone along the way. I have talked to a few people about forgiveness and there seems to be a, this huge resistance as they want to hold on to that 
anger so that they won't get hurt again or they won't be taken advantage again or something along those natures. What do you say to people who don't want to forgive and almost think it's gaslighting? Even someone told me. Well, the thing, I, this is what I tell people, and it's funny that, that you say that. I do book tours and everything. Once they find out that my book is about forgiveness, I kid you not, this is the response. Ugh. Or, yeah, you know, it's, it's that kind of response. People, people don't want to let things go. But what I would say to them that you need to forgive for your own sake, because forgiveness is such a, a big component. And a lot of times when people are holding on to unforgiveness, it affects their relationships with other people and all that kind of stuff. And so if you were basing it on your feelings, you never forgive. It has to come down to a choice that you choose to forgive. And in you making that choice with God's help, you can't do it. I tell people all the time, we love based on condition, but God's love is unconditional. And God going to love us whether we love him or not, or if we choose to obey him or, or not. And so it's the same thing. You know, you have to choose to forgive. One of the simplistic prayers that I always tell people to pray is, Lord, anoint me in my emotions. Help me in my emotions. Help me to get over this because within myself, I'm not able to do that. It boils down to a choice and you have to forgive for your own sake. It is scientifically been proven and you can do the research where uh, people that hold on to grudges and stuff like that, they end up being unhealthy, they get sick, misery of company. So now you're disgruntled. Sometimes in relationships, you will deal with an individual based on a past situation that you went through and that person is not that individual so it can affect different areas of your life you need to forgive for your own sake and not allow someone else to have that much power over you because that's what happens i say it all the time where you could be going about your day and then you come across the person that has offended you now you are discombobulated and that person ain't studying you you know they ain't thinking about you they they good but you're not. And so you're allowing that situation to exercise power over you. I, I preached the message before and the message was entitled Drop the Rock. We have that's unforgiveness is a rock that you have to let go. When I preached this message, it was based on Alcoholics Anonymous. They have a program that's called Drop the Rock. But there was an interesting story in this Drop the Rock. Um, what ends up happening is they were supposed to be going to a meeting place. There was a lady by the name of Mary. She gets there late. So the boat has already taken off. The people on the boat, her compadres, they say, I'm going in, come on to us. We ain't out that far out. They can't get to us. And so she jumps in, in this water and she's swimming. And at some point she's making some leeway, but then she begins to start sinking. As she begins to sink, her fellow people are telling her, drop the rock, drop the rock. She starts swimming again. Well, at this second point in time, and this goes on three times they do this, it dawns on her when they say drop the rock, she had these rocks around her neck, which was slowing her down from getting to where she needed to get onto this boat. And so eventually she lets go. She dropped the rock. She lets go. And she's able to get on this boat. Not too long after she gets on this boat, someone else comes late. And so instead of how her fellow man tells her, drop, you know, they was telling her after they keep, kept seeing her sinking to drop the rock. She immediately tells this individual, look, before you jump in this water, drop the rock so you can get to us in a timely fashion. And so I said that to say, with forgiveness, you have to let it go because eventually you may be making some leeway, but eventually you may sink to the point of drowning if you don't let it go. It hinders you in so many areas. Decided to write your book. Did you have any limiting thoughts that you had to go through or anxieties about writing and, well, putting it out there? Yes. Number one, this is not my first book. This is my third book. But I had stopped writing for a while. And I believe God used I Am a Ad 
ad professor for a school is called the Global Government Leadership Institute. And the chancellor of the school, she said to me, she said, you're always talking about forgiveness. Why not write about it? And that's how the book came into play. I wasn't even thinking about writing it, but I believe God used her to get me back to doing what I was doing before, which was writing. And so in my process of writing this and some of the stories that I wanted to share that came to me to share, I had to use wisdom. And this is why in the book, I don't use names. I'll say, you know, a fellow person or something like that. But I wanted to be transparent as possible to let people know, look, if you've been sexually abused i've been there and done that if you've been betrayed by who you thought was your best friend i got you covered on that so it was different stories that i end up sharing in that and just being vulnerable no one likes to be vulnerable but i realize in my transparency is where the power lies and that i'm able to help others oh yes i agree vulnerability is such a great strength Many times I say this in relationships with our relationship with God. A lot of times we want to give him our strong point, our strong areas, but that is not the area that he wants to use. He want to use the stuff that we try to compartmentalize, the stuff that we feel as though that we're weak in. That's what he wants to use because that's how he will be glorified in it. Because at the end of the day, we know this is not our strong area, but when God is glorified and he begins to use that area, it helps us, number one, to remain humble, but also help other people to see, I know who Alicia is. Is, and I know that's really not her strong area, but for her to be operating in this area, in this capacity, then have to give God the glory. This is how God's being glorified because they know it's no longer I, but it had to be Christ down on the inside that's doing it. So what made you decide to become a pastor? God called me. <laughs> the simple answer is God called me. You will hear many people say many times, if, if you had enough sense, this is not something that you volunteer for. It was prophetically spoken to me at a young age. And eventually it, it God's the prophecy ended up coming to pass. And it wasn't because I was so great or I was so good, but it was what he had for me to do. And, and I pastored a church. I pastored for six years. I had a lot of young people in the ministry. And then God told me to close the church down. For a while there, I grieved about it because I didn't understand. But as time went on, I understood what God was doing because had I not obeyed and closed the church down, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now. And I tell anybody I'm freer than I've ever been because I obeyed the Lord in that. A lot of times, especially as Christians, people think once God says something, it's etched in stone. But sometimes God will change the directions and you have to be able to be really sensitive to his leading in order to do that. That's how I end up walking into the pastoral call was simply put is that he called me to it. I didn't call myself to it. I didn't choose myself, but he called me to it. So how do you surrender to the higher calling? The scripture says that you will hear still small voice say, this is the way walking. When people ask me, you know, how are you doing all these things that you're doing? I'm simply just obeying God. In order to hear his voice, you got to read the word of God in order to know what his voice sounds like. There's our voice, there's the enemy or Satan's voice, the devil's voice, and then there's God's voice. So there's three voices and you have to distinguish which one is speaking. And so that's how I knew was just, I pretty much was born at the altar, then raised the church all my life. I'm fourth generation preacher. So I know God's voice when I hear it. The devil ain't going to tell you to go. <laughs> the devil ain't going to tell you to preach God's word or anything of that. The devil's going to tell you to do whatever is opposite of God. He's he's anti. So anything anything he tells you to do is going to be against whatever God is standing for. So what's your favorite thing about going around and preaching and uh, your motivational speaking and things like that? My favorite thing is when I see the light bulb go off on someone. I can count on one hand, but there have been several occasions is when children come to me 
and they tell me that they got, they've enjoyed the message or they've been blessed by the message that touches me. And a lot of times when they come to me and they ask me that I in turn ask them, okay, well, what was the message about? Cause I want to really know, did they really get what I was saying when they can regurgitate it back, display to me and show me that they understood the message then I know I've done my job because whenever I go out speaking, whether it is from the youngest to the oldest, everyone should be able to pull away something from the message. If I've done that and I have that result, then I know I've done, done my job as a pastor, as a motivational speaker, Christian speaker, however you want to categorize that. Do you have a favorite success story of somebody you can share? Quite a few. I mean, we can go towards, you have Billy Graham, you have some some local pastors, my own pastor, Dr. Celeste Washington, different people that are being an example. Even some of my former pastors, Apostle Darlene Bryant, I've learned from so many teachers. What I realize a lot of times, people like to acquire a lot of knowledge, but they don't apply the knowledge that they receive. And so I say this saying all the time, knowledge applied equals wisdom. People can... Talk, they can have all this knowledge, but if you don't apply it, it's like this computer. The only way this computer works is I have to put in the commands. Other than that, it's just a storage place of holding information. So in order to benefit from it, you have to apply it to your life. You have to, you have to put it into practice. And that's what I do. I put it into practice. Nice. I like that. That's a great saying. Was Action is wisdom applied. <laughs> or... Knowledge applied equals wisdom. Yeah, knowledge applied. <laughs> <laughs> I have another saying is direction, not determination. No, direction, not intentions determines your destination. A lot of times people, we all intend to do a whole lot of stuff. Until you follow the directions or follow those instructions, you're not going to get anywhere. There's a lot of people sitting in the grave right now intended to do a whole lot of stuff that they never got a chance to accomplish. So it's just, the scripture says, faith without works is dead being long. I can say I have faith all day long. If I don't have work to show that I have faith, then I'm just saying I have faith. For instance, I can believe God for a job, but if I don't go out there and look for one, the work is me going out there looking for a job and believing that God will touch someone's heart to give me that job. A lot of times we want God to just like he's this genie in the, genie in the bottle and we're not expected to do anything, but there are some things that we have to do. And there's some things his promises are based on condition. If you do this, then he'll do that. It's kind of like you can't get something for, for nothing. You're going to have to put some kind of work into it. So we are coming to the end of our time together. And one thing I like to ask my interviewees is for one minute of motivation. You can think of this as if I, you have a time machine and you go back to your eight-year-old self and you want to buy the wisdom for your eight-year-old self to live an amazing life, but unfortunately only have a minute. Or you can think of it as condensing your entire life's mission into a minute. Well, my entire is based on John 18:37. I was born for this call to bear witness to the truth. The truth shall set and make you free. So that is my motivational minute is truth. Thank you so much for your message. I really enjoyed you talking about both forgiveness to let go of the rock so that we can free ourselves of forgiveness is something we do for ourselves and not for the other person. It's something we can let go of that anger and that pain. And I also enjoy your message of not just acquiring knowledge, but putting that into action and going forth the grace of God to do so. I want to thank you for being on my podcast and sharing your message. And thank you for making this world a better place. Uh, thank you Brett, for the opportunity and the space. The Lord bless and keep you is my prayer. May your day be special. Same to you, Sarah. There you have it, folks. That is my interview with Alicia Pitts. Isn't she inspiring? First, I'd like to apologize for the audio quality. Sometimes when I hear it on my end and it's like that, I 
think it's going to improve when Zencaster, like it does well on her side. Unfortunately, this was a time where that didn't happen. A lot of times it does. A lot of times it does. But one thing I do, I did release it, but I also don't think that the audio quality takes away from her message. You can totally understand what she's trying to say, but a lot of times she is cut off. So it kind of sounds like she's not finishing her words and not pluralizing correctly. But those times she is, is just something that happened to the audio every once in a while. I just want to get that out of the way. Another thing I would just like to say before I go on with this part is I am not a Christian. If I had to say my religious affiliation i am agnostic i am full-blown agnostic i have no idea what happens after we die i have no idea about spirituality i like i follow spiritual ideas that i like as if you listen to my podcast about how i no longer believe in the law of attraction you can listen to a lot of my personal spiritual beliefs or some of them but basically i just want to get that out of the way but one thing i do appreciate is inspiring people come from all shapes sizes colors cultures and religions and listening to someone who puts in the jesus christ word in such a positive way it makes such a positive influence and around people in my opinion is awesome one thing i do appreciate also is that she is really into forgiveness i truly believe in forgiving and of all my personal beliefs that's the one that gets the second most pushback when it does and the most pushback is being positively selfish well also not worrying gets a lot of push a lot of these things get pushed back really but forgiveness does as some people like to hold on to their pains but i truly believe when you do not forgive you are giving that person power over them and that forgiving is not forgetting and forgiving doesn't mean you allow that person back into your life Forgiving means that you recognize that they are flawed human beings who are doing the best they can and only a hurt person hurts, only hurt people hurt people and hurt people also do not need to be in your life, which I think is important. I truly appreciated Alicia's message. If you want to know more about her and you like what you heard, I hope you'll buy her book. Let it go for your sake. Forgive. Available on Amazon and Kindle. Pass along to your friends and colleagues. Be sure to sign up for her email and download her ebook on her website, aliciapitts.com. A L E E C H E A P I T T S.com. You will see it in the show notes. So, thank you for listening to this episode of Joyous Expansion. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Once again, I am Brett Dupree. If you like this, like and subscribe, comment, review, all that fun jazz. Also, you can email me at bre2ts, dupr2es at joyousexpansion.com for any reason. You can check me out at joyousexpansion.com. Check me out on Instagram at joyousexpansion, Twitter at joyousexpansion, and Facebook as Increase Your Joy SEO. Not good on that one. Once again, I am Brett Dupree, champion of authentic joy, catalyst of transformation for the Church of Awesome and Joyous Expansion Life Coach. Thanking you once again for finishing and listening to my podcast if you're here i truly appreciate you and wish you all the success in the world because i love you if you see me give me a hug because i love your hugs and i would like to once again remind you to be love to be joy to be awesome now play my jingle joyousexpansion.com joyousexpansion.com come and say hello to brett dupree
is an inspirational life coach. Good for you and good for me. He turned my life from grey to blue. I'm sure he'll do the same for you. Get in touch and you'll see your life will change dramatically. JoyousExpansion.com. JoyousExpansion.com. Yeah.